So I want to talk about something uh, for the next couple weeks or however long it's uh, going to be. As we're going into the holiday season, uh, we call it the Christmas season, which it really is because it wouldn't be a season without Christ. Come on. And uh, but as we go into this season, if you say, well, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Listen, just give it up. They've already started playing Christmas songs and don't fight it. Just, you know, (laughs) we're going into the season, Jay. So just, you know. Um, but as we go into the season, I want to talk a little bit about something I think is very important to us as Christians. Uh, we haven't really talked about it a lot. The world hasn't. Uh, you know, we've emphasized a lot of things during the Christmas season. And you might listen and hear and say, well, why is he talking about that? What does that have to do with Christmas season? What does that have to do with church and all that kind of stuff? And uh, maybe that is the case, but the Lord just told me to talk about it. So what I want to talk about is the name of Jesus. So I'm not sure if you feel that's important or not, but to me, uh, I think it's paramount. Actually, using the word paramount is an understatement, isn't it? I mean, the name of Jesus is important. And so if you have your Bibles or your devices this morning, please turn to the book of Philippians. And we're going to look at a few different scriptures this morning, okay? What I want to talk about as you turn there to Philippians chapter number second, is where we're going to start out, uh, But what what we want to talk about this morning is the name of Jesus, okay? His name, all right? And throughout the Bible, God uses names to signify persons or beings that are being represented. God uses names, and names are very significant, aren't they? Names have a purpose to them. In fact, uh, a psychologist did a study of the names of 15,000 juvenile delinquents. Listen to this. 15,000 juvenile delinquents. They did a study. And they found out that those who their names were like a weird name or they didn't like their name or it was some odd, you know, oddball name. I don't know who judges or who says a name is an oddball name. But uh, those that didn't like their name, they they, uh, were four times more likely to stay in the system. Four times more likely to stay in the system and to commit, continue to commit crimes. Now, that doesn't mean just because you have a particular name that you're going to commit a crime, okay? If your name is David, that doesn't mean you're going to commit a crime. I don't think, David, all right? That's not what that means. But all it means to me is that names can be significant. We put weight on our names, right? I mean, that was, that's there for a reason. They did that study. It's there for a reason. And so names are significant. In fact, biblical, in biblical t- times, names actually meant something, right? Adam actually meant earth. It meant man, but it also meant earth because he was taken from the dust of the earth, right? The name Esau means hairy, as in hairy man, because, well, he was hairy, Right? His brother Jacob, his name actually means heel catcher. That's what it means. And, and we, if you know that story, Esau, they were twin brothers. Esau was coming out and Jacob reached out and grabbed his heel. And so they named him Jacob, heel catcher. But we see from that uh, story of Jacob that later on God actually changed his name, didn't he? To signify what he would do. He didn't leave, he, he was going to use Jacob and he didn't leave his name as Jacob. He changed his name to Israel. So just because you have a name or a particular name or somebody's called you something or told you something, that doesn't mean that's what you're going to be. So there is significance in names. Now, let's look here at the name that is above every name. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Let's start there. 
And let's just, we're going to go through a passage of scripture here, about 14 verses. But here's what I want you to do. As you read this along with me, as I read it, and you hear me say these words, and you read along in your Bible, whatever version you have, I want you to actually pay attention to what Paul is telling the church at Philippi. Put yourself in this situation. You ever read a book, you ever been reading a book and you read a whole page and you go to the next page and all of a sudden you kind of come back to yourself and say, well, what is it that I just read? You know what I mean? You didn't really comprehend or you didn't focus. I want us to focus for a moment on these 14 verses, okay? It's important. All right, the Bible says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy, Paul is telling the church, by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing, nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verse 5. Let this mind or this attitude, all right, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, And that literally means being God, coming from God, his very essence, his very DNA. Being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but but made himself of no reputation. You talk about going from the greatest to the least. This is the very definition of it. Made himself of no reputation. All right? And he, being found in appearance as a man, down in verse 8, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Not just to death. It's not like he just got shot in the head or got hit by a bus or had a heart attack. But the Bible emphasizes even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him. And given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and those on earth. And of those under the earth. No one is left out. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here we see that no one is left out. It doesn't say all of the saints will bow to the name of Jesus. It says all those in heaven, all those on the earth, and all those under the earth will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, in today's time, we have sort of traditionalized that name. We have uh, made it of really uh, lowly esteem or lowly stature. When we talk about the name of Jesus, for example, you know, you may be uh, at home and you may have something in the kitchen and you, you know, you drop it on the floor and you go, oh, Jesus, you know, type of thing. Now, I'm not telling you that you'll go to hell for saying that, you know, but what I am telling you is that's how we've trivialized the name of Jesus. 
You see, in the book of Acts, in the early church days, they didn't trivialize the name of Jesus, trivialize the name of Jesus. Come on, it wasn't just when I kicked my foot right on the, on the side of the bench, I said, oh, Jesus. No, when they said the name of Jesus, they expected something to happen. There's, they understood that there's miracle working power in the name of Jesus. And I know, if you're like me, I've had conversations with people uh, over the last few years and have wondered, you know, when you look at the church and you see how we, you know, we have service and we do things and we come and, and uh, get together, why is it uh, that we are so drastically different than the early church in some ways? In terms of, you know, miracles and healings and the power and just the presence of God, you know, and the Holy Ghost being present and we present and we wonder what is the difference? What are we doing wrong? And so we look around and say, well, maybe we're not holy enough. You know, maybe we don't read our Bible enough. Maybe we need some more revival meetings like we used to do in the 50s and 60s. We need somebody to come along and really fire us up. You know, maybe we're not. Maybe we make too many mistakes. And I thought, well, maybe that's true. But then I began to look at the people of the early church. I looked at Peter, cursed. After he had been with Jesus, cursed Jesus. I looked at Paul, killed Christians. And actually it was legal for him to do it because he had papers. He had papers to do that. Drug Christians out of their house, threw them in jail, killed them. Come on. And you look at all of these people, right? Paul and Barnabas, after they had laid hands on people, people been filled with the Spirit. He, Paul had even written a couple letters. Then Paul and Barnabas were arguing so much until they had to split. You want to tell me they were perfect people? No. So then I said, well, okay, maybe it's not that we're, uh, you know, less than perfect. It's why we don't see the power of God. And then I started studying this thing, the name of Jesus, his name, the name of Jesus. And they understood back in the early church that the name of Jesus has miracle working power. It has miracle working power. Now, when Jesus was on the scene, God in the flesh, all of the miracle working power was in him. And those who were with him saw that miracle working power. And not until he actually breathed on the disciples and told them, now go and heal, were they able to do anything because it was on him. But what happens is Jesus died on the cross for our sins and our sicknesses and then rose into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. But what he did is he left us his name. He left us his name. And so now we have his name. We have the power of attorney, right? And we can use that name. And I think we've really missed it somewhat in using the name of Jesus. When you are speaking that name, that name carries such miracle working power. You know, I was, I was thinking about the story of, of Moses. Remember the story of Moses and he went before Pharaoh, right? And he had his rod in his hand. And Aaron was there with him, and God told him, he said, when you go before Pharaoh, throw your rod down, and it will turn into a serpent, 
right? And he did that. Well, then Pharaoh's magicians came and they actually threw rods down and sticks down and they also turned into serpents. This is Bible. This really happened in the Bible. Okay, so they were able to do that. But then the Bible says that the rod, the serpent, uh, the rod that turned into a serpent of Moses actually ate up the other serpents. Right. And then it turned back into a rod in Moses hand. So it came, ate up the other serpents and turned back into a rod. Then I begin to think about Jesus. This is what Jesus did. He is the great rod. He is a great staff. He came, he, he came to earth, humbled himself, come on, made himself of no reputation. But when he died on the cross, he actually ate up sin. He actually ate up iniquity. He actually ate up sickness and disease and took all of that upon him. And now he is the great rod back in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. And so he took all of those things. He took all of those things, and G, and then, but we don't use that name. Look, turn over to John 16. Turn over to John chapter number 16. Let's look at a couple of other scriptures here about the name of Jesus. The book of John. And I think we'll find out some things here. Some things we knew, but it'll just, I hope it reinvigorates you. You know, sometimes you just have to go back to the basics. Come on. Sometimes we look for stuff, right? We look for ways to to evangelize and programs and all these things to have. And, you know, what can we do with the kids program and the youth program? And, uh, you know, maybe we need to do something different or sing some different songs. Or, you know, maybe we need to dress the church up a little bit differently. And listen, all those things, yeah, we should do because methods change. I mean, we talk about that. Methods change. So, yeah, we should uh, keep up with the times. But when we're talking about souls, when we're talking about miracle working power, sometimes we just need to go back to the basics and call on the name of Jesus. Call on his name. Look at verse 16. Look at uh, chapter 16, verse 23. Go, go to chapter 20, uh, verse 22. It says, therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. He says, in that day, you will ask, what day is he talking about? He's talking about the day that he goes to be back with the Father. He's not talking about now some coming day. That day has already happened. He was telling his disciples that when I go, when I die on the cross and I am resurrected and I stand on that mountain, I go back to be with the Father and I send the comforter to you and I leave you my name in that day, you will ask anything you ask of the Father in my name, come on, he will do for you that your joy may be full. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. He's telling us what to do. What do we do? We go, we, we try all sorts of other things and he's telling us right here, ask in my name. Now, let me give you a little side note here. Think about this. We have, we have the power of attorney. We have the name of Jesus. I, you know, in the business world, I work for a company. 
All right, AT&T, maybe you work for IU or, you know, the police department or, you know, some important big companies, right, some corporations. And I, I was not a salesman, but sort of a project manager type of thing, engineer. So when I go out onto a job site, there's a new job or something like that, and I go out and I meet different people, you know, and, uh, you know, they say, well, well, who is this guy? He's coming on the job site, and, you know, we're all here for this meeting. And I uh, say, well, my name is Michael. They're like, well, okay. That's and then I give them my card, right? And my business card says AT&T. Then they say, oh, well, AT&T's here. They don't say Michael's here. They say AT&T's here, right? Well, all I'm trying to tell you is that that name carries some weight, right? It's not just so much me that shows up on the scene, but it's the name, right, that carries the weight. And that's the way we are with the name of Jesus. It's not just about James or Rhonda or Dietra or Jeff, but when you have that name, that name carries weight with it. It is the name above every name. I, I, I remember this story. I heard someone tell this story. And I'm just sort of regurgitating this story. But I, I heard someone tell this story. So you're, you're hearing it second or third hand or how many ever people have told it. But it was a story of a woman who was getting off work and, and it was very late at night. All right. And she, she got off work and she was going to her car or wherever she was going. And all of a sudden there were two men, there were two guys there that, uh, were, were coming to, to mean her, you know, mean her some harm. You know, they were going to mug her, steal her purse or whatever it is they were going to do to her. And so actually one of the guys actually pulled her coat. And, it, you know, it tore her blouse and, and uh, you know, she was uh, frantic and scared. And just instinctively, uh, you know, she just shouted out Jesus, you know, just shouted out the name of Jesus. And then uh, the guy kind of backed up a little bit and uh, she thought, well, maybe he was because I yelled. Maybe, you know, he was he got afraid or something. And then she said, well, that worked. I'll just do it again. And she said, Jesus, you know, again. And then the guys, uh, you know, kind of let her go, backed up. And then they took off running. Now, you know, that's kind of strange that they would take off running. You know, maybe they would say, OK, well, this lady's crazy or something. We'll just leave her alone. But they didn't. They took off and ran. Well, the police actually caught the guys. And then uh, a little bit later, they caught back up with the woman and said, well, you need to come downtown and identify, are these the two men, you know, that actually were trying to mug you or rob you or whatever it was. And so she went down there and she saw him. She said, yeah, you know, those are the two guys. And so one of the guys actually said, well, I just, they were about to take him off and the, the two guys off. And then one of the guys said, well, I just have, you know, as we go, I just have, I just have a quick question. And she said, he said to the lady, you know, lady, who were those two men with you? Who were those two men, you know, that showed up with you? When we first, you know, started to, to rob you, no one was there. But all of a sudden, these guys, you walk around with bodyguards. Now, she didn't see the men, all right? And so you might say, well, you know, Pastor, I don't know if I believe all that stuff. Well, listen, this stuff is for believers. This is to those who believe. Come on. Not to unbelievers. If you don't believe, of course, then it won't happen for you, okay? But this is to those who believe. That's what Jesus told everyone he healed. Do you believe? This is to those who believe. And so uh, the Bible actually says there will be times when we actually entertain angels unawares, won't we? And so that name, the name of Jesus, incredible story, I thought. You know, there are a lot of names of God. As you study the Old Testament, you know, we've used uh, a lot of different names. Jehovah Rohi, you know, in Psalms 23, talks about that's the Lord is my shepherd. Right. And in Jehovah Shammah, Ezekiel, the Lord who is present, 
He is here with me. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. We even sing songs with all these names. Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Jireh, right? He's my provider. Nisi, he's my banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. And, you know, you could go on and on and on with all of the names that people have actually named God. And it's been in every situation, you know, God has, he's brought some sort of salvation, you know, or he's brought something in that situation. And the people were so grateful. They said, oh, God, you are my peace. Or we have got this victory, God, you are my banner. And they have actually given him a name. But actually now in the New Testament, as you well know, God said, yes, I am all those things, but I'm going to wrap up all those things into just one name. And so he is everything to you in one name. He is your peace. He is your wonderful counselor. He is your everlasting father. He is your banner. He is your healer. Come on. He's your attorney, right? He's everything to us all in one name, simply in the name of Jesus. That is the only name that we need now. And I think, I think, and I'll be real practical with you this morning. I think we miss it sometimes, even in prayer. And uh, even I, you know, I got to I got to get this. I got to I got to stay on point with this, you know, because Jesus said anything you ask in what? In my name, my father will do for you. So say somebody comes to you and says, well, you know, my brother is sick and he's in the hospital and I just need you to pray for him. I need the church to pray for him. And so often, you know, people pray, you know, Lord, please, uh, you know, heal, you know, brother so-and-so and, and, uh, you know, make him whole. And we just thank you for touching the the doctor's hands, you know, and then uh, just show yourself strong in this situation. Thank you. And then we leave it at that. And then we miss the whole point of what the Lord told us. He said, anything you ask in what? In my name. And so I know this is very practical, but remember when you pray to tack that on there. It's not just a saying. okay? it's not just, oh, I'm just I just need to say that because it's something to do. He commanded us to do that. Anything you ask in my name. Lord, heal Brother Bob, you know, he, uh, in the hospital. You make him whole right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Because you have the power of attorney. You have the authority to use that name. And actually what that does is, all right, I'll give you another example. Say Brother James has a company, you know, and he, he does a lot of business. You know, he's a millionaire. Uh, you know, he has multi-millions of dollars and all these things, cars, good-looking suits and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, but his business is very prosperous. And uh, so, but then I, I also work for him. Well, then he says, I need to go on a trip and I'm going to be gone for some time. But while I'm gone, I'm going to put you in charge. But not only am I going to put you in charge, because business needs to go on. Someone needs to be here to do business. I'm going to give you power of attorney, you know, just as if I was here. And so now, all of a sudden, what happens is, while he's gone, if checks need to be written, right, I can sign my name. Uh, whatever needs any decisions about the company or whatever, if he trusts me that much, can be made. And I can just sign it just as if he was here. So when, when they see me sign my name, it's the same thing as James Carter signing his name. The check is good, just like he signed it. And so I want you to know when we, Jesus gave that to us. When we use the name of Jesus, the check is good, just like when Jesus was here. And so, you know, we say, well, okay, yeah, that sounds good. But I want you to think about it. Think about what happened when Jesus walked the earth. 
Think about what we're talking about this morning. I mean, there was a blind man by the roadside and he was crying out, son of David, can you hear me? Come help me. And Jesus had compassion on him, went over to him, laid hands and the man all of a sudden now could see. That's what happened. That's the same Holy Spirit Jesus had in him that we have in us. And in the same, the same way he did that, we have that same power. We have that same authority to do those things. And now, you know what, really, I'm not just talking about someone getting up out of a wheelchair. I'm not just talking about what we see as big miracles. I'm talking about people who are married and are separated and going their different ways and cannot reconcile. But then all of a sudden they decide to give the whole situation to God and he brings them back together. That's a miracle to them. Might not be to you because you're not in the situation, but that's a miracle. That's God working a miracle in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about someone who just doesn't have the finances to make ends meet, right? But then, and they, and they could get 17 jobs and it still won't work, right? But they decide to give the situation to Jesus and begin to call on the name of Jesus and he gives them wisdom and he works a miracle in their life. That means something to them. Might not to you because maybe you're not in that situation, but these are the miracles that I'm talking about. Listen, even the, remember the, 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 the money that was in the mouth of the fish, they had to pay taxes. I, that's a miracle. If you don't have money to pay your taxes and Jesus says, catch a fish and the money's in there, that's a miracle. I'm talking about miracle working power is in the name of Jesus. Now, let me tell you something else. Let me, let me throw something else in here. If my son, if he, if he comes to me and says, you know, Dad, I'm your son. I say, yes, you're my son. Uh, you know, I have uh, your name. Yes, you, you have my name. Pedigree, you know, DNA, whatever that means, you know. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're with me, all right? And so I'm raising you up, and, uh, you know, you're my son. You're my flesh and blood and all of those things. And uh, you love me? Yes, I love you very much. You, would you give me anything? Oh, yes, anything uh, in the world. I'm going to train you up, you know. I mean, and you have use of everything, uh, you know, that I own because you are my blood, right? You belong to me. And uh, uh, then he says, uh, well, can I have the keys to the car? And then I say, well, no. <laughs> And it's not because uh, he's not my son or I want, I want to be mean to him, but it's because he's not mature enough. He's not mature enough. See, he's not mature yet. But when he comes of age, when he becomes fully grown and fully mature, then everything I have belongs to him. And so we have to think of Jesus in the same way. Sometimes things don't work because we're not mature enough. Right. You just don't get up one day and say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And th- it's not a magic trick. How many times have we, you know, we talked about that before, Jody. Hey, God, it's not a magic trick. We just got out of the series relationship. That's what it is. It's about the relationship with God. And he grows us up. He disciples us. He matures us. And in the fullness of time, we have the full use of everything that he has. And so when you think about, well, it just doesn't work. I said Jesus and that person wasn't healed. Well, how was your relationship with Jesus? You just don't turn your back on the Lord for six months and all of a sudden somebody's sick and you show up and say Jesus. Right? He'll say, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. Right? You don't have the power of the name because he doesn't know you. And you don't know him. 
And so it's about our relationship with Jesus. We must have a relationship with him to have the power of that name. We must be in relationship. That means we must read his word. That means we must pray on a daily basis. And that means we must fellowship one with another. We must be obedient to his word. We must do those things or we don't have the power of the name of Jesus. All right. Let's look at another scripture. Look at Mark chapter 16. Turn over to Mark chapter number 16. And look at verse, see, verse 15. Verse 15, yeah. Look at verse 15 of chapter, let's see, chapter 16, yeah. He said this. He said to them, go into the world, preach the gospel. Now remember, the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom of God, right? Does anybody remember that? We're talking about the gospel of the kingdom of God, not just not just that he died on the cross. I'm not trivializing that, but I'm saying that was only the beginning. So he says, preach the gospel or the gospel of the kingdom of God to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, listen to what he says here. And these signs will follow those who believe. Here they are. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He's telling us that we have the power of attorney. Jesus legally gave the church the authority to use his name. And we're acting on his behalf. Jesus is here. It should be that when you show up in the room, Jesus is there. Come on now. Now we talk about like this building, this church building. And, you know, you may say, well... I just need to get to church because, I, you know, I, I'm having some problems. And if I feel like I, if I can get to church, I can get into the presence of the Lord and then, uh, you know, everything will be all right. God will speak to me. But the truth of the matter is, if none of us here are in this church, only the omnipresence of God is here because God is everywhere at all times. We understand that. But the manifest present presence of the Lord is absent from this church, lest one of his people are here. We have the presence of God in us. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the temple of God. And you have his name. I could go into a whole thing about baptism and when you're baptized and how it's a circumcision of the heart and you're given the name at that point. You're given the name of Jesus at that point. And so you have his name. And so wherever you go, the name of Jesus goes. You have the authority. You have the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus. And then so I'll say this to you and I'll say it to me. Let's start using the name. Start using the name of Jesus. All right. Let's look at another scripture. Look at John 14. It's just, these are just scriptures that reiterate. You know, Jesus said it over and over and over again. But here, John chapter 14. Look at verse 12. 
He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, huh? he will do also. Think about what works Jesus did. Come on. He says, the works that I, it's right here in the Bible. And it's written in red, so you know, Brother Jay, it's important. The works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these will he do. Because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I hope you're understanding the the gravity of what Jesus is telling us here. Now, another thing, because I was looking at this. When you in John 14, if you look up that word ask in the strong, we 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 Typically, when you hear the word ask, you would think, well, I humbly must go and, uh, you know, bow my head. And if you please, like you're begging. But that's really not what that word is. That word is in the Greek. It's apoteo. And it means demand or require. Look it up. I'm not telling you this. I would never say something that's not scripture in front of you. Come on. It's a, the word is demand or request. So whatever you demand in that name. Now, now let's not get it, you know, sort of twisted around. You're not demanding God to do something, but you're putting a demand on a situation, right? Be here. Come out of him in Jesus' name. I require you to come out in Jesus' name. I demand you to be healed in Jesus' name, right? Come on, I demand this situation to turn around in the name of Jesus. Whatever you demand, whatever you require in my name, Jesus says, I will do. It's a promise. Has he ever gone back on any of his promises? He's not slacking his promises, nor does he lie. Come on. Jesus is saying, when you use my name, it's just like I'm there. In fact... Shouldn't have wrote that down. Jesus said, when you use my name, I am there. I'm right there in the midst. My, my word is doing the work. I'm there. Early church used this thing. Look at Acts chapter 4. I know you're flipping around a little bit. But look at Acts chapter 4. See, actually, in the Old Testament, I mean, in, in, in the New Testament, after Jesus gave the church his name, what happened is people saw how this thing began to work and how they had so much power. And then all of a sudden uh, they began to get, uh, you know, they began to get ostracized for using the name of Jesus. Look here in Acts chapter four. Uh, what happened to them? Uh, it must be important. It must be doing something. It must be working. I mean, if it's not working, you know, why would somebody come against you? Right. Acts chapter four, go down to verse 17 says, but so that it's but so that it spread no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. What name? The name of Jesus. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whatever it is, right. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge that. For we cannot but speak things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, guess what? They let them go. 
finding no way to punish them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. They began to come against them. They began to threaten them. Why? Because of the name of Jesus. That name has power. There were results. There were tangible results. God was moving. The Holy Spirit was moving. They weren't just getting together with some sort of hope. They saw it. It was tangible. And guess what? This is the same church that we were in the book of Acts. Don't let anyone tell you, well, that was for then. There's no apostles now. There's no healing now. There's no tongues now. There's no prophecy now. Why not? It's the same thing. I don't see where anything changed. I don't see where anything was cut off. I don't see where a new dispensation came in to be. No, it's the same as it was then. 2,000 years ago, God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Same miracle working power in the name of Jesus. You know, the name of Jesus, it, it, you know, it, it's not like, it's not like a, you know, an orange that you set out. The more time goes by, you know, it just goes sour. The name of Jesus is like a fine wine. The more, it, it, the more time goes by, the better it gets to us. Come on. And the more I use it, I realize how much power it actually has. The name of Jesus, they were actually ostracized for it. Why were they ostracized? Because of this. Listen to this. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the what? Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now that word there is rhema of God, but also if faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, in Revelation 19, the Bible says he was clothed. Who was clothed? Jesus was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name was called, guess what? The word of God. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. It's talking about Jesus, the second person of the Godhead. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The Word of God. What is the Word of God? The Word of God is Jesus. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing Jesus. And so anytime we use the name of Jesus, we get even more faith. Come on. Faith comes by hearing. So that if we get faith in that name and use that name, we will see miracles happen. Come on. We will see miracles happen. So what do we do? What happens in this name? Well, here's some scripture references. If you want, you can write them down. I don't think I put them up on the board, but in Acts 8.12, Acts 8.12 says that we preach in that name. Come on. We preach in the name of Jesus. That's what he commanded us. James 5, 14 to 15 says prayer. We pray in the name of Jesus as it relates to talking to God. We talk to the Father through Jesus. Nothing that we pray is outside of the name of Jesus. Do you get that? It's all through Jesus. That's how God sees us. How do you think all of your iniquities are forgiven? How do you think that, you know, I know some of you are really good people. I know you are. But how do you think, as good as you are, how do you think that God is able to look at you and say, you are forgiven, you are righteous? Come on. I'm righteous after what I said yesterday. Did you hear me, Lord? Yes, I heard you. All you have to do is repent, and I call you righteous. Right? How is he able to do that? Because he looks at you through Jesus. We pray in that name. Hebrews 13 says we praise him in the name of Jesus. So why we sing in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 
you have the victory. Come on. We praise Him in the name of Jesus. Ephesians 5.20 says, we give thanks in the name of Jesus. Even when we thank God, we do it in the name of Jesus. We gather together. When we get together here on Sunday morning, guess what? We're getting together in the name of Jesus. That's why we're doing it. Come on. And Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6.11 says we're washed, we are sanctified, and we are justified in the name of Jesus. Come on. Listen, I am, I am but a vessel, you are but a vessel, and our words alone have no power. But in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I wrote some things down, and this list could go on forever, but in the name of Jesus, here's some things that happen. First of all, sinners are born again and saved for all eternity. Come on. The sick are not only healed, but are made whole in the name of Jesus. Demons flee in the name of Jesus. Come on. Marriages are renewed and restored in the name of Jesus. Families are brought back together in the name of Jesus. Debts are supernaturally canceled. Come on, happened to me. So I'm, not, I'm speaking from experience in the name of Jesus. Hearts are encouraged in the name of Jesus. Hope is restored to the hopeless. What? In the name of Jesus. Joy is renewed in the downtrodden in the name of Jesus. And guess what? Unmerited favor, things you don't even deserve. Stuff you never thought about. You didn't even know to ask for. Unmerited favor is realized in the name of Jesus. And that list could go on and on and on. Come on. And so what's in the name? Well, that all depends on whose name it is. <laughs> Come on. Jesus can be your Prince of Peace. He can be your Mighty God. He can be your Everlasting Father. His name is Wonderful. Medical Science tries to add years to your life, but only Jesus can add life to your years. Remember in Acts chapter 16 where Paul and Silas were in prison. And, and they were, and they began to sing hymns, right? It just said, what did it say? And at midnight, right? And they began to sing hymns and all of that and call on the name of Jesus. And a great earthquake came until all the prison doors uh, were open and their shackles and everything were released. And then uh, the guard had, had seen this. Oh, my goodness. All the prisoners, you know, the, 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 the jail cells are wide open now and everybody's probably just escaping. So he took out his sword to kill himself because then... If the prisoners escaped, well, death was certain for you if you were a guard. But Paul yelled at him. He said, don't put your sword back. Holster your sword. We're all still here. We have gone nowhere. Don't even worry about it. And the guard was so amazed that he came to Paul and he fell down on his feet. And he said, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Well, the answer is in Acts chapter 14. It says, neither is there salvation in any other name than the name of Jesus Christ. There is not salvation in any other name than the name of Jesus. It is the only name we need. In fact, it's the only name that we have.